Get your questions ready. The Fantasy Forecast with Anita Marks starts right now. Good morning. Good morning. Anita Marks with you. It is Fantasy Forecast here on 98.7 ESPN. I know what you're saying. What? Fantasy's over, dude. Chick. Broad. Well, not DFS is not over. That's for sure. Um, so I will uh, I will be putting together, a, a I think, a pretty solid, good DFS lineup for you heading into today's action. Uh, we've got our producers, uh, Tom and Joe, working the board, answering the lines. Joe, you become like a, a, a listener favorite here. I mean, if I had a dollar for every time we had somebody come on, on, on the show and say, oh, whoever answers your phone, he's awesome. How's that make you feel? I appreciate that. I like the kind words. <laughs> so Tom and Joe are producing the show today, so you'll hear their voices throughout uh, with you for the next four hours. Excited about it. Again, um, we'll hear from Cynthia Freeland and Fat Jack. Yes, this is called the Fantasy Hour, but uh, again, there's only so many DFS lineups you could submit because there's only two games today. So, of course, Cynthia and Jack will get us locked and loaded for how we're going to wager uh, on these matchups. So we'll hear from them in this hour. And then, of course, uh, I'll end uh, the show with my base DFS lineup and sprinkle in a few other players that I'm going to use today. Uh, and I'll tell you all the reasons why. Um, also, uh, then, as always, we kick off New York Game Day here in about an hour. Uh, Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum will join me. Uh, we'll do a deep dive into these two matchups. Of course, the first game at 3 o'clock is Kansas City going up against the Baltimore Ravens. And then, of course, a little bit later on is uh, around 6.30, the Lions going up against the 49ers. Now, Joe, you and I, we worked together yesterday, and I did a deep dive into these two matchups yesterday. I did more work last night while I watched Saltburn. Have you guys seen that movie yet? Is that like a is that like a psychological like horror type of thing? That's why I've heard it's sort of like like a psychological thriller. Maybe is the best way to describe it. Okay, I I, I can I can go with that definition. I I haven't I haven't seen it. Obviously. Joe, have you seen it yet? I have not. I have to put that on the list. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um. So anyway, I was watching that last night. Took my dogs to the, so finished. Got done early yesterday, Tom, because of course the Knicks played. So we had our Knicks pregame show. So I got down around 2.30, took my dogs to the dog park. My first time to the dog park. Um, and by the way, um, so again, if you know you're, you haven't tuned in in a minute, uh, my mom is um, very much so under the weather down in Florida. So I had to bring her dog back up here with me. His name is Pierre. Uh, so now there's a pack of four as opposed to a three, which is a handful to say the least. Anyway, so I took him to the dog park for the first time yesterday. Now keep in mind, this is a dog that I got from my mom about two years ago. So he's two years old and all he knows is like, you know, an elderly woman in her eighties in a wheelchair. <laughs> right. And like, she has friends come over and play Mahjong and she lives in this beautiful gated community and you know, everything is like quiet and peaceful and the elderly. And so this has been a culture shock for him. So he's been up here for about two weeks. And so I took him to the dog park for the first time yesterday. Um, I feel like like my observations here, I should be writing some type of memoir or some type of uh, just to a few things. Number one, like like his his embracing because he is embracing um, and and like wide eyed 
like, wow, there's a whole nother world out here outside of like the retirement community I was living in for the first two years of my life. Um, and then also the integration of him uh, into the pack of the three that already existed and that transition. It's been pretty cool. But nonetheless, went to the dog park, um, then grabbed, some, grabbed something to eat, came back, sat down and watched Saltburn while I, because I can multitask. Like I could prep and do work while I'm watching something on TV, right? Like I know a lot of people can't do that. Some people can. Majority of women can. Majority of women can multitask. For some reason, it's, it's, it's a gender thing. Um, anyway, where am I going with this? Are you ready for this, Joe? Tell me you're ready. Please tell me you're coming on my side of, this, of the street with this game. Please tell me that. I think the Lions went outright. Oh, okay. Give me the case. Yeah, I think the Lions went outright. So I will. I will give you the case at some point in time in the show. So I don't know how I derailed and went, talked about dogs and having dinner and watching Saltburn and how I got there. Well, but... listen, dogs, lions, they're both animals. So it, it, yeah. they all relate to football somehow today. There you go, Tom. Yeah. I know I could count on you to always thread the needle. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm rolling with it. I think Lions went outright today. I think the Lions beat the 49ers. Like at first, and again, Joe produced the show yesterday with Harvey. Uh, loved the Lions getting in the seven and a half. I'm still, I'll still play them at the seven and a half. Why not? Um, I'll use them as a teaser, tease them up to plus 13 and a half. But I'm pretty, I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good that this Lions team is going to beat the 49ers. And you could get them on the money line right now at 3-1 to one in some places. Plus 288, two, plus 280, plus 275, 3-1 in some places. I'm feeling really, really good about this Lions team. And my, my gut is telling me that Mike Tannenbaum is going to agree with me. My gut. What 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 makes your gut think that Mike Tannenbaum's going to agree just, with you? I just I just do I just because he's just didn't Tom didn't he predict did, didn't he predict like the Green Bay Packers would beat the Forty ers and of course it's not what happened but they sure damn came close uh, beating the Forty ers last week right wasn't that his bomb of the week what it, was his bomb of the week it may have been uh, we'll go so. I'll go back and listen to that. Um, no, no extra work for you on this Sunday. Don't worry about it. I mean, we're, he's going to be on the program in, in what, uh, 22 minutes. So, um, 22 minutes, it's seven oh eight. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 52 minutes. Yeah, there we go. That's a little bit better. There we go. I've only had a, I've only had a few sips of my coffee. It's okay. So yeah, just give me a minute. Yeah. So, uh, Mike Tannenbaum will be on with us at eight o'clock. And so we'll find out then. I don't want you to do any extra work. Um, and of course, it would be Mike Tannenbaum and Amani Toomer. But um, yeah, I, I, and it wasn't like an epiphany or, or anything like that. It's just like I did a deeper dive into this matchup. And like, I just, I really like, I like, and, and I have like, I have like really strong conviction here that the Lions beat the 49ers today. So, um, so I'm, I'm dancing to the beat of a different drum here on this Sunday morning as opposed to yesterday, just FYI. So again, we'll hear from Cynthia Freeland. Uh, we'll hear from Fat Jack. Um, I'll give you my DFS lineup heading into uh, the 8 a.m. hour, getting you ready for all, all always. Um, we'll cover every angle, how to wager, uh, some prop bets, DFS, 
And then at 8 o'clock, New York game day, Imani Tumor, Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, the three of us will do a deeper dive into these two matchups. We'll take your calls. Also, we're going to hear from Jordan Renan coming your way at 9 a.m. this morning. We'll get an update what's going on with the Giants. They hired their offensive coordinator, but still, have they? I, last I checked, no, no word on a defensive coordinator, right? We haven't heard anything yet. So, um, so we'll get the latest from Jordan Renan. Also, I want to have the conversation. We mentioned this yesterday on the show, and we got a ton of calls. And, you know, of course, um, Mike, Mike Tannenbaum knows Bill Belichick well. Uh, there are reports now that Bill Belichick is not going to coach this year and is going to take a network job somewhere. Very similar to what Sean Payton did last year with Fox, right? And then get back into the coaching circle in 2025. And I just threw out the notion, what if the Giants struggle again? What if the Giants finish below 500? Does Bill Belichick come back home? Because this is one of those organizations that is home to him. So more pressure, pressure on Brian Dable and Joe Shane to win the season? I think so. I think so. If, if the Giants don't make it to the playoffs next year, I think there's a really good chance that Bill Belichick will be the head coach of the Giants in 2025. I really do. So I'm going to tee that up for uh, Mike Tannenbaum and get his thoughts, as well as Amani Toomer, of course. And we'll talk to Jordan Renan. Um, we'll talk about the coaching carousel beyond Bill Belichick. Eagles making Eagles moves. I'll tell you what, we were talking about it before we started the show. Vic Fangio expected to be the new defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles and Kellen Moore expected to be the new offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. So can't stand Matt Patricia. So glad that he's gone. Love me some Vic Fangio. So that's, that's, that's an upgrade right there. And then, um, and then, you know, what, what Kellen Moore will be able to do with, with Hertz and that offense will be interesting. So, and, and, and also Joe and I were talking about it before, before the, the, the show started. Is it, is it a pro or a con for the Dallas Cowboys that Kellen Moore is now the offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles? I, I think it's a con because now Kellen Moore knows all the intricacies of Mike McCarthy and the Dallas Cowboys that he'll be able to, to feed um, the Eagles the two times that they play the Dallas Cowboys. They'll have somebody in-house who knows the Dallas Cowboys um, and their deep, darkest secrets extremely well. Kellen Moore's been there for a hot second. He's been there for a while. So I, I, think, I think this move benefits the Eagles in a big way. So we'll open up the, the phone lines. We'll ask Amani as well as Mike, Mike Tannenbaum about that as well. Um, we'll, we'll have my locks of the week. Went three and one last week. So guess what, Tom? We are up to 35 and 18 on my locks of the week, which puts us at 66%. Still not as good as last year. I know. It's close. Still not as good. Yeah, I had a rough start to the season. But but we've been we've been crushing it as of late. So three and one. I gave you. I give if you recall. I gave you an extra uh, prop bet last week that didn't hit, and I don't remember which one that was. But um, so three and one last week. We gave you a little extra sauce on the side, and um, so we're thirty five and eighteen on the season, which puts us at sixty six percent with best bets or locks of the week. Um, so if you just played. If you just played my locks of the week all season long, 
um, depending on, of course, your units, um, you'd be up a, a substantial amount. So, um, so there's that. Um, so I'll have my, 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 uh, locks of the week coming your way as always at 10 AM. Hopefully I can continue this trend. So it's at 66%. So we've got two more games today. And then of course the Super Bowl. So chances are probably my ceiling will be 68%. If I go, if I go three and O, if I go three and O today, and I go three and zero for the Super Bowl. Um, I I think we're we're like we're teetering at like sixty eight percent. Where last year we ended almost it was at seventy, but it was at like at seventy point eight. So it was, we were almost at seventy one percent. Well, let's round that up to seventy one. Let's sound a little bit better. Okay. So last year we were at seventy one. I think my ceiling with just one, two, three more games remaining in the NFL is is sixty eight. But still. It's still good. Uh, we'll have my Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. And then, of course, Rich Samini will join us uh, in the 10 o'clock hour to give us an update on Zach Wilson's pickleball game. You see the video, Tom, of him playing pickleball? I did see that. When are you inviting him to uh, New Jersey to play a match with you? <laughs> he actually looks really good. He'd probably kick my ass. Um, I, think that, I, think that, I think he was playing in a tournament. I think, I mean, that wasn't just like some backyard match like I like I think he's playing in a tournament and and I and like I I I watched the video like I watched his game I watched his form he's he's good you know his dinks are good he's got nice drives he's got nice serve we're saying he's a better football player or a better pickleball player oh hands down a better pickleball player than a football player can we get some cash considerations for uh Zach Wilson please (laughs) I said, I said yesterday. Does does Woody Johnson own one of those professional pickleball teams? Because uh, if he did, if he if he does, um, he could just you know uh, transfer that that contract over to his pickleball team. Yep. Good job there. It'd be nice. Um, <laughs> by the way, those pickleball teams—they're worth a lot of money now. You know, Tom Brady, LeBron James, Katie, I think they bought their their teams for like a million, two million dollars. I think they're up to 20, 22 million dollars now in regard to worth. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. We've got the one and only Cynthia Freeland joining us now. And she's got to be absolutely over the moon stoked. She was there in Detroit. Her Lions brought it home for her and now advance to the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Cynthia, how surreal is it? I mean, being there was out of this world. I was, you know, in the press box, which was hilarious because, you know, I wasn't working anymore. I was done working. All those people were such good focused journalists who were doing their thing. And I'm sitting there, you know, like having tears in my eyes, trying not to disrupt them doing their work, but just being so happy and like, losing my mind and watching Dan Campbell and his presser after just like crying and being like, Hey guys, can we all take shots? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. why not? I mean, you know, you know, it, it's been a long time for that city to have something this, this, of this magnitude to be excited about. Um, all right. Well, let's start with game number one, Kansas city going up against the Ravens. Uh, this line opened up at three, jumped to three and a half. Now it's at four. I don't like it at four. I'm going to, I'm going to think of really a lot of different creative ways 
Uh, it's a wager on this bad boy. But first things first, let's go game script. Like, how do you see this playing out, Cynthia? Well, it's going to be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see which kind of thing they allow Lamar Jackson to do, meaning they got to kind of pick their poison with the Kansas city defense. This is a good defense. So are you going to allow Lamar or the running backs to run, or are you going to really just kind of keep everything up front and, and kind of rely on your corners or maybe some man to, to, to help you out on the back end. So I'm curious to see how that plays out because that to me will dictate the pace of this game. And if it gets into a situation where we're relying on the chiefs to have those deep passes, which by the way, they did a good job of completing against the bills last week. That's going to be rough on them this week though, because between, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, if you look at what all of those guys have done to the tight end position specifically, it's not so good for Kansas city. Right. And, and again, you know, this is a, a, a Ravens team. They're coming in, they're getting healthier, getting Mark Andrews back. They could go 12 personnel with him and likely. And then of course, um, you know, them getting Humphrey back, Marlon Humphrey back. Meanwhile, for Kansas City, I'm hearing that they might not be without one of the best blocking, pass blocking guards. And Willie Gay, who Spags uses uh, as a spy whenever they go up against a, a, a a quarterback who can use his legs. So the Ravens coming into this Cynthia healthier than the Kansas city chiefs. And this is, this is something that we've seen right um, in, in the postseason. healthier teams have won. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, as simple as it sounds, it's easier to play with the good players, you know, <laughs> makes it a little <laughs> easier. But the, the reality is, is, you know, you've seen Lamar Jackson this year. This is the stat that blew my mind. In the past year, so since the beginning of 2022, so it's past two seasons, Lamar Jackson has had 20 games where he's had 3.1 or more seconds of a time to throw. So a lot of time in the pocket, bouncing around, giving his receivers time to get open. In those 20 games, he's 18 and two. So if he's able to have 3.1 seconds or more, like that just, it just spells disaster for any opposing defenses. I hear you. So, so with, with, with it being four, right? Like I, again, I'm staying away at four. I don't like four. This is what I think is going to happen. I think Baltimore is going to come out. I think they're going to put up a, a, a considerable, a, a nice size. They're going to have a nice size lead. They're going to go in, in the half being up maybe 10, 13 points, something like that. Um, and then we're going to see Patrick Mahomes play, you know, heroics in the fourth and get the backdoor cover. That's what I'm worried about. So uh, just four is too much for me. What say you? I just really don't, that, 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 that's a weird number um, to begin with. That's kind of where I have it before the line moved. That's kind of where my math put it at was so before I was more favorable towards the Ravens and then the line moved towards me. So I don't love that. Um, I'm more comfortable in this one thinking about the number of like, for example, receptions that a guy like, I don't know, Rashad Bateman, who's not necessarily the most, you know, the the player we can rely on the most for that offense, but the number's just too low for it. Like, I think his number of receptions is like somewhere around two and a half or three, something crazy, 20.5 yards. I think he'll be more involved than that. So I'd rather go through and take a look at props than I would to really think about you know, that three, four, four is not a great number. You're right. Three and a half and four are not fun numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't like it at all. Prop bets in this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like I, I like quite a few. I like Lamar Jackson over rushing. Um, I like uh, Justin Tucker over field goals. Uh, I'm going to go under in regard to Mahomes with completions and under with receptions for Rice. Um, I, I think the way that you beat Baltimore for the Kansas Chief Kansas City Chiefs is running with Pacheco. So I, I have quite a, what's your favorite prop bet coming into this matchup? I'm probably, I, it's weird. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of, I think that the numbers for the non, like, so for example, I think Pacheco's great, but remember Pacheco still has been on the injury report. So if you're looking for like some, some fun, like look at the numbers for like the ancillary tight end catches, right? Like it's a gray number, like 1.5 reception. So he catches two balls, you win. I think that kind of looks better. I told you like Bateman, those two numbers over. I think those are the ones you don't know. To me, the, the big, the big guy numbers, the big boy numbers, like Rasheed Rice, I think it's at six and a half. That's too much for me. That just feels too much. Right, right, right. That's why I like the under. Yep. Yeah. We've seen like MVS now be more involved. And then because McColl Hardman had some, some issues holding on to the ball, I think there's probably like a McColl Hardman special to kind of get his mojo back. But I don't know if that's a run play, which by the way, they've done or a pass play. So, but, but I think something, something like that is a smarter way to, to strategically target this game than to look at these big numbers that the, that the stars are getting. Gotcha. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here. You can see her all over the NFL network, uh, getting you ready for Sunday's action and uh, Kansas city. Again, uh, going up against Baltimore, Baltimore favored by four, the over under is 44 and a half. Do you have a play in the over under? I lean towards the over here. Do you? I lean over as well. I'm curious to see, like, I do want to know, like, you'll know, which obviously it doesn't help you ahead of the game, but you'll know ahead of the game, the the way the Ravens have come out in the games where they've just totally dominated and run the score up. It's been those first two drives with scripted plays and like they did against the Lions. That one stands out. They did it against like the Niners, everyone. So how they start, that's going to really dictate to me the total number of points in this game, because I just think that, you know, the Kansas City with all of their injuries is going to have to take some risks. They're going to have to gamble. So if you're thinking about overs and unders, you really got to think about, okay, what do you conceivably think that the Ravens are going to score? And then how do you think that the the Chiefs respond? I don't think it's, you know, you base it around the Ravens, not necessarily the Chiefs, because I think the Chiefs will have to be gambling. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here. Let's talk about your team, and that's the Detroit Lions heading out west to take on the 49ers. This mm. line's been fluctuating at all as well. Seven and a half, which I find interesting. So D, so it was seven and a half. Debo Samuel comes out today and says, I'm going to play, and the line drops to seven. Doesn't make sense to me regardless. Over under 51 and a half. Here's another narrative. Oh, the Lions, they haven't played outside in 50 days. <laughs> um so so before before we start talking bets and prop bets and all that game script how do you see this one playing out Cynthia Well it's funny cuz if you look to see what each team does they have a lot of similarities in terms of like in breaking routes has been a source of success for both teams they use a lot of play action the way that they rely on yak like there's some really funny parallels with the way these offenses want to operate you know, outside zone has, you know, we always think Kyle Shanahan outside zone. That's actually been a really good source of yards for the Lions and first down. So, you know, I, I'm not worried about the outside because, you know, 
guys, you know, it's, it's not that cold up in Santa Clara right now. So it's not like mm-hmm. we're talking dolphins coming to Arrowhead. You know, it's, it's a much more favorable climate. Remember, I think some people forget that Jared Goff both played at Cal Berkeley and he's from that area. So, you know, he's pretty used to that weather. So I, we have enough data of him playing in that quote unquote weather, um, not in, you know, February, January, almost February time, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just an interesting, I, I think that's a, a bit overblown. Now, if, if something happens and we get like a really gusty, rainy day, that could be different too. But, you know, the, the thing is, is Brock Purdy is also subject to that as well. And we saw last week, he, you know, he wiped his hand off and we saw there's a lot made out of that. So it, I don't think that that's, I'm not worried about that in this game. Um, before we let you go, give us your pick, give us your play. How are you playing the Lions and the 49ers? Well, to be to be perfectly honest, I don't, like this is the first time I've ever done this where I my math has a five point win for the Niners, um, but there's no way on God's green earth that uh, you know the first time the Lions get to this situation that I wouldn't say the Lions are going to win. So I'm going with you know every good analytics person just identifies what the higher probability versus lower probability play is, and for me, there's a much it's a lower probability, but I, sometimes you got to take it, you know, like the Philly special, that's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl, And that was a lower probability play. So, you know what, I'm rolling with it. And I, I think it's, I'd rather, I'd rather be on the right side of history than to say, you know, the, the, the Niners are going to win They're The Niners are the better team, but every once in a while, you know, you get the team that, that the little engine that could, that kind of takes down the, the David that takes down Goliath. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Fantasy Forecast, but we're also getting you ready on how to wager on these two matchups. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, is joining me now. And this is a Ravens-Kansas City game. The line started at three. It's now at four, four and a half in some places. The over-under is 44 and a half. Jack, how are you playing it? Yeah, you can make a good case for either side. This is debate class. I mean, we would have good information either way. Hard to make a living bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He's been incredibly well. Now, what, 8-1-1 one, and one his last 10 times as an underdog overall, uh, and he's won eight of those uh, or eight of those games, eight of those 11 games, eight, or excuse me, 9-1-1. One, and, one. Um, and so th- he's really, really good against the numbers, especially this time of year. But to your point, this Baltimore team has been locked in and smothering defensively when the top defense is in the league, uh, number one in points allowed. Um, it's not a coincidence that three of the four teams, the best defenses in the league, are still playing. Baltimore, then Kansas City, then San Francisco, the only teams in the league that allow fewer than 300 points on the season. Those are three of the four teams we have left. So for all the hype and all the talk about Lamar Jackson and, and, and Kelsey and I, everybody, all the star players, the defense is really what got these teams here, especially, as you said, a year when Kansas City – has had limited weapons offensively. They have a ton of drop passes. And is, I've made so much money betting under the total with the Chiefs all year. Under in the second half has been even more productive. But if you just played under all year long, they led the league in under the total because of all the names on the back of the jerseys. They feel like Mahomes and company go score points. But overall, this has not been an offensive juggernaut. It works some weeks, but probably not against Baltimore. You, you talk about Baltimore – 29 and nine to the under their last 31 times as a favorite. So this is Harbaugh personality. It's defense first. It's don't make mistakes. Keep Lamar Jackson out of bad spots. And that has worked for them. 
They're also under seven of the last seven playoff games that they've had. They've gone under the total. So you're talking about a side. I think the under is by far the best play. I understand the Chiefs went over last week and had a lot more offensive success, but I think that was as much about staying out of third down, staying in very unpredictable situations against a Buffalo team that also didn't really want to go crazy. So they they were able to, and Andy Reid's done this over his career. When they play really good defense, they generally speaking go over. But that's when they have a bunch of weapons. When they play bad defenses, they stay under. I just don't know if they have the weapons to get this total over. I think it's a low-scoring game. That does leave the back door open. I like you, liked it a lot better at three, even maybe three and a half. Now it's up to four, and I saw it moving midweek and went ahead and jumped on Baltimore at three and a half. And uh, so I think that this is the type of spot where – you can make some money, but you might have to earn it on the side. Better play on the under. Let's go under the total in that one. Um, again, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, do you think that you, you feel like, and, and again, this, this if, you, if you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram and there's that viral video going around that the NFL, um, you know, the logo for the Super Bowl, predetermined, you know, and you've got the Ravens colors and the 49ers covers, uh, colors. Uh, do you it, feel one of the dumbest, dumbest things I've ever heard <laughs> I, in my life, not just in football. It's amazing. The influx of gamblers that have come into the market around the country that need reasons to, to believe that they're not winning. And it all goes back to that. It's rigged or it's fixed or whatever that the colors on the low, I need a who do you pay off. It's not about, and we're not talking the NBA, or we're talking we're not talking about basketball. In football, who would you who would you pay off to get a game to be a hundred percent to be decided by one? The one team wins, the other team loses. That's the first thing. Number two, at no point in the history of the league have you ever heard a player that played on a team or a coach or anybody within a program, a water boy. Nobody has ever said. Yeah, you know what? We get a script at the start of the playoffs, or we get a script here. This is how things have to go. They buy it this way. You don't think anybody would violate the NDA for the amount of money if they had to all sign, not predict they had to sign non disclosure The whole thing is so insane. And I don't <laughs> care what color's on the logo. First of all, the teams aren't there yet. And secondly, even if they are, they're their favorites. So good for them. I mean, these are, but to think that the idea that they would rig an entire multi billion dollar industry. And by the way, if you're going to rig it, why don't you have the Giants there? Let's get New York and, and L.A. teams, these big markets. That would be, Or Dallas. How about the Dallas Cowboys? That, you know how many Dallas fans there are in Mexico waiting to freak out? They want, they want something to cheer for. The Dallas Cowboys let them down every single year. There's, if they're going to rig it, they're not going to rig it for Baltimore and San Francisco, which are not the biggest markets. It, it, the whole thing's preposterous. It's it's really insane, isn't it? Um, uh, again, it's, since you're right, I, can't, I had an Uber driver and a masseuse this week alone <laughs> ask me about. <laughs> I told them both. I said, first of all, my neck hurts. Now you're making my butt hurt. I got a pain in my, you know what? Stick to the neck. And the Uber <laughs> driver, let's keep our eyes on the road, bro. There's nobody rigging anything in the NFL. It's the silliest thing ever. Uh, another thing I want to throw your way is the fact that Sean Smith and his uh, refing crew is going to rep this game. And I'm sure you're aware of this. So home teams have won 40% of the games, only 40% of the games in the last three years that Smith has refereed. Um, across the NFL, the last three seasons, home teams 
um, have covered 50%, but under Smith, home teams are only 17-29 in three. Any 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 value in that in regard to handicapping? This time, this time of year, Anita, I can I can pick out 10 different sets of numbers that give you 10 different things that make a lot of sense. I mean, just in this second game alone, number one seed since 2015 have covered 67% of the time. So you've got me with an official that's not going to cover about 60% of the time on the favorite. I can tell you favorites in this round, in the championship round, number one seeds cover almost 70% of the time going back to 15. So you want to believe that Smith got it against the favorites or you want to believe number one seeds get it done in this round. You can make up anything you want as it relates to the numbers, especially this time of year. That's not to mention Dan Campbell, best in the league against the spread over his career. He outperforms the market consistently since he came in the league. Number one, 68% cover rate, 36 and 17 against the spread. So it's easy to dissect those little anomalies that are happening with officials or with outdoors or with whatever. Um, but honestly speaking, this time of year, you better be digging a little bit deeper. I'll tell you a stat in the second game that's more interesting to me. Anita, do you know how many times the Detroit Lions have played outside since October 22nd? Outside, out in, out in the weather with the bees and the birds and the, and the sky. You know how many times they've been outside? I know it's been like 50 days or something like that, right? One time. They played yeah. one game. They played yeah. at Chicago. Every other game, this these team has been played in climate control. They went to L.A., they played Minnesota, they played in their home field, obviously. So that, to me, matters a lot more about what's going to happen on Sunday versus what the official over either, even his career, but certainly over the last year, how the chips happen to fall. Because I can give you other stats that are going to be contrarian to exactly that particular stat. This time of year, you got a lot of data. It's real hard to figure out what to believe and what not to believe. Again, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can find him at fatjacksports.com. Let's talk about that other game. Um, and, of course, uh, the Lions going up against the 49ers. So uh, this line has been fluctuating. Some places you can find it at 7.5. Some places you can find it at 7. I'm on the Lions side at 7.5. Uh, so, obviously, I'm loving that you can still get the hook in some places. Um what what what's your play here? What's what's your game script? How do you see yeah. this playing out? Yeah, I don't think it's going to come back for sure. I think this game has more more likely to go to seven and a half. There's a bunch of sharp players on San Francisco right now. This is the one that you feel like we talked about the defensive stats on the year, three best defenses. You know who which one doesn't belong type of theory. Also, Anita, the, Detroit has been outgained by a by a yard and a half per play during this playoff run. They are not winning games. They're taking advantage of turnovers. They're playing inferior competition. And, oh, by the way, on their home field. So that's what, to me, what Detroit is doing. They don't have the defense. And, in fact, they remind me a little, a little bit more of Philadelphia a month or so ago where you could kind of see them defensively, especially in the secondary, giving up more yards, giving up bigger plays. I'm not sure that works against San Francisco, especially at home, outdoors for the first time in forever. These guys are going to get sunburned if they're not careful. But you you definitely have – when you're talking about Purdy and you talk about game script, San Francisco is absolutely very predictable. When they get in behind or in games where they are – they can keep where, – where they don't know what the other team is going to do. The other team will have success. But when you get the lead, when San Francisco gets the lead and they're able to keep Brock Purdy in a run-first situation, throw it on play action, and then more importantly, their opponent, Jared Goff and company, where they are predictable, 
that's when this team really excels, especially against the number. That's why it's up at a touchdown. I, absolutely, it worries me about the back door being open. The one thing Jared Goff is really good at is a minute 20 left and San Francisco's up 13. Your ticket is not safe. He will drive them down the field for that. You play shell coverage. He throws the ball down the field. Their two-minute drill is as efficient as anybody late in the game. So if San Francisco is going to cover this and you're not going to have to earn it, they better do a lot of damage early because that back door will be left open. To your point, Detroit's 5-1 against the spread their last six. Um, I just keep going back to them being outgained. Also, last week, penalties. Green Bay had five penalties, five penalty yards. San Francisco had 83 penalty yards. So they really, that last week, a struggle, if you want to call it that, that San Francisco had, was based on a lot of things uh, not having to do with X's and O's executing if you take away the penalty. So I do think San Francisco is a better team here. I think they get there, but you're probably going to have to earn it. Probably one of my pr favorite prop bets here is uh, Gibbs, over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. If there is one way uh, to skin a cat uh, when it comes to the 49ers, and that is to run against them. Uh, we saw Aaron Jones, of course, uh, what he was able to do last week. So with that being said, uh, do you have a favorite prop bet or you, you like tailing mine? Yeah, I think I think you're going to know yours in the first middle to second quarter. You're going to know because if if Detroit's still in the game and it is still close, you're absolutely correct. He, that's probably a really good bet. If they get behind where he has to throw the ball, Jared Goff has to drop back, and they're not getting stops or that type of thing, uh, the, the flow of the game will matter a lot. I'm looking at the other one, Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Uh, it was 67 and a half or so when it came out. It's been hammered down down to 63 or 64. There's a couple schools of thought there. Lamar Jackson has been very, very good throughout the course of this year, you know, since he was hurt last year, about not running the ball first, throwing it first, not using his leg. He's not really been Josh Allen, who will run it whenever he needs to, and had some success against this Chiefs defense running the ball, had a 40-yarder in one carry. But the danger with Lamar Jackson is he can, at any point, take it to the house or run 30 or 40 yards. The Sharps have hammered this thing under, thinking that Kansas City, if they're able to do one thing, it will be control Lamar Jackson, make him beat him with their arms. Um, I think the value is gone there, and it's a, a much more comfortable place to bet. put your money. I'm going to go over the rushing yards now that it's down around 62 or 63 of Lamar Jackson. He can do that a bunch of different ways if they're covering the receivers well. If Kansas City does what they've been doing and blitz, Jones gets loose, he'll be having to take off. And he certainly, with his legs, can get it done. So I go over the total with Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Great stuff as always, Jack. Always appreciate you joining us, getting us ready for uh, the conference weekend championships, AFC, NFC, where at the end of Sunday night, we will know who is heading to Las Vegas. Jack, thank you so much. Absolutely, you guys. Have a great weekend. Everybody get it done. If you can and you're worried about it, go to FatJackSports.com. Predicted final score in both games along with the top prop bets and the best bets for the game. A big weekend coming. Let's make some money. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. How are you going to play some DFS? All right, so let's jump into my DFS lineup. And again, uh, this is my base DFS lineup. So uh, this is my favorite lineup. And then, of course, I'll tweak it. I'll probably play anywhere between 30 to 40 different DFS lineups, matches, head-to-head, -head, tournament, uh, what have you. Okay, so at, at the quarterback... Uh, position. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson just goes to town um, on the Kansas City Chiefs. I I think their their defense is uh, is overrated. Uh, they've gone up against uh, subpar court quarterbacks. 
um, subpar offenses, and they just they ha- they haven't played an offense like this. Um, and I, I'd say some stuff on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, obviously, um, this is all about DFS. So I, I think Lamar Jackson is going to have his way today against this Kansas City Chiefs offense. Uh, Mahomes, not so much. I think he's going to struggle against the Ravens. Um, Brock Purdy, um, he probably would be my number two quarterback that I would play. And if you did play him, uh, you'd be saving what? So Brock Purdy comes in around 64, 6,500. So a little over thir- $1,200, $1,300. Okay. But I'll get to that in a second. Um, I do like golf as well, but I think Gibbs is going to be the straw that stirs that drink offensively for Detroit today more than golf. So Lamar Jackson, my number one quarterback in DFS, Purdy, my number two, uh, just because of the yards after the catch that I think that he'll be able, but, but I'm, I'm going to be playing 90% Lamar Jackson. Okay. I'm not sold on any of these other three quarterbacks. I'm going to be playing 90% Lamar Jackson. Running backs, like I said, I think Gibbs is uh, is is going to be the. I think Gibbs is going to put on a show today against the 49ers. Okay, uh, I think McCaffrey is going to have a difficult time against Detroit. They've got the number one rush defense, and I think they're going to focus in on limiting Christian McCaffrey to put the pressure on Purdy to try to beat them. Um, I do like Pacheco because the Ravens not as good against the run as they are against the pass. But here's the thing: he's dealing with an ankle injury. So he is expected to play. He's listed as questionable, but that scares me a little bit. What if he retweaks it? What if he goes out? They do have Clyde Edwards Alaire back there. Not that, you know, he's anything like Pacheco, but just the injury with Pacheco scares me a little bit. So uh, Gibbs is my number one running back. You could get him at 6,400, $100 less than Pacheco. And then also I'm going to play Justin Hill because Justin Hill has been utilized um, a lot more than Gus Edwards has been utilized in the postseason. And you could get just Justin Hill for 4800 um, I will also switch Justin Hill out with Montgomery. I do like Gibbs. I think the way Gibbs' rushing style is a better fit for what I think the Lions are going to try to do against the 49ers. But I wouldn't be surprised if Montgomery finds the end zone. Okay? So my two running backs are Gibbs and Hill. Wide receiver, I'm going to go with the top two. And that is Amal Ross St. Brown. Um, I think with Gibbs having the type of day that I think he's going to have. I think play action is going to come into effect with golf and uh, Amal Ross St. Brown. And so I like Amal Ross St. Brown. I'm paying a, a pretty coin for that. That's 7900 And then I think Brandon Iuk is going to be the, uh, the wide receiver that's going to get a lot of the targets. I think Debo Samuel is going to be a decoy. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to have a tough time running the football. Uh, so I like Iuk and also I like Kittle. But um, I really like Ayuk in, in the passing game. I'm not playing Debo Samuel. Again, I do believe that he's going to be uh, a decoy. Okay. Um, in regard to, uh, and then I'm going to play Zay Flowers as well. Zay Flowers will be my third wide receiver, and you could get him at 5,800. So uh, spending a pretty penny on my wide receivers. St. Brown, Ayuk, and Flowers. Tight end, I'm going likely. Now here's why. I know Mark Andrews is back. But this will be his first game back in quite a while and likely has six touchdowns in six games. 
I think he finds the end zone again. I think this is a sneaky good play. By the way, you can wager that likely is going to score an anytime touchdown at plus 385. Um, you know, the Ravens don't play a lot of 12 personnel, which is a two tight end set and both tight ends go out uh, running routes. And so I think we're going to see that today with likely and Mark Andrews back. And I think it's going to open up things for likely because I think how can you not respect Mark Andrews? Right? He had six touchdowns on the season as well before he went out. But I think this is a sneaky good play, and I think likely finds the end zone again. So um, I've got likely as my tight end at 4,300. Also, I'm going to play Noah Gray as my flex at 2,500. Again, I think this is a sneaky good play. I think Noah Gray could, could find the end zone today as well. Same situation, uh, 12 personnel. Uh, it's, it's when teams are in 12 personnel, they have better completion percentage against the Baltimore Ravens defense. And again, 12 personnel just means two tight ends on the line and both of them are running routes. Okay. So uh, to get Noah Gray at $2,500 where there's a, a shot that he can, he can score a touchdown. Uh, I, I think that's a huge risk reward there. And then last but not least, my defense is I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, I, I think the 49ers defense is overrated. I think they get hammered in the rushing attack with the Lions. Um, I think the Chiefs get destroyed by the Ravens offense. And the Lions uh, secondary is is bad. So um, I think that they're going to give up a, a lot of yak yards after the catch. So the only defense I'm rolling with today is the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. So again, Lamar Jackson as my quarterback. Gibbs and Hill as my two running backs. St. Brown, Iuk, and Flowers as my three wide receivers, likely as my tight end, Noah Gray as my flex at 2500 I just think it's a really, really good price for somebody who can potentially score a touchdown. And then the Ravens defense. This is my base DFS lineup for today. So good luck. Quick break. We come back. We kick off New York game day. Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, me, Anita Marks, and you here on 98.7 ESPN.